the one of the bigger things that I, I talk about is is it's an insurance that is unlike any other insurance. You know, you pay for you know auto insurance and you pay for health insurance, and you know that protects you kind of you know now going forward. All right, title insurance protects you from now everything that happened behind you. So every when you own a piece of land, the the title company is ensuring that yep your rightful ownership is correct based on everything that's happened in the past. I don't care what happens going forward. You're you're covered and you are rightfully the owner of that property from everything going, you know, going behind you. So it's and it's not a premium that you're gonna pay every month. It's not something that, you know, it's a one-time pay that is such a small percentage of what the purchase price is for the value of protection that you get. And and you know, to to kind of attach to that, the the problems that can happen are not inexpensive. Hello and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Schulzheim. Let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by Inspired Title Group. Nationally recognized in 48 states across the U.S., where a portion of each closing goes to charity. Give them a call on your next deal. They'll close anywhere, they're remote. Visit inspired-title.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Agent Podcast. Today, I'm here with my local buddy to Chicago, Drew. Drew, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate you having me on here today. This is a great opportunity. Looking forward to it. I'm glad you're here, man. So, Drew, I'd like to start. Why real estate? Let's dive into it. <laughs> well, let's see. The The answer that I think everybody's going to give is because you can make money easily, right? It's just so simple to do. Everybody's doing it. Like, you know, everybody who's successful is in real estate, so that's what I want to do. Yeah, well, it's not realistic. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it call it what it is. I mean, it's I I've grown up in in the real estate world for the better part of my life. I mean, my dad is a is an attorney, still practicing at the age of 78. He's a real estate attorney. He owned a title company. Several family members have been you know lenders and realtors and different things. And growing up in our household and and getting together with family, the aspirations that I heard, the the stories that I heard of my cousins and other family members about how. Boy, once they pass their real estate license, they're they're it's they've got it. They're going to be made, and it's going to be just you know easy peasy going forward. Today, I will still talk to those people, and not one of them is easy peasy going forward. And it's you know, as a kid, you're like, oh wow, this is cool. You know, cousin so and so is going to you know make a lot of money in the real estate. What does that mean? I don't know nothing about it. I have never had any aspiration to be in it. My my background and degree is in finance. I, I worked in finance for, you know, a, a number of years. I worked in, actually, I worked at the White Sox ballpark for a number of years as a, I managed the stadium club, bar and restaurant for a handful of years. Um, I've always had my hands in just different aspects. I was a DJ, a wedding DJ back in the day. So from 1990 to 2000 and, oh my gosh, 2000, probably five, I was, you know, I was your your wedding DJ and corporate parties and Christmas parties. You know, I was doing a hundred events a year. Going, it's a lot. Insane. A lot it's of insane. events. Yeah. yeah. I mean, from weddings to corporate parties to holiday parties and things. And it just my personality is infectious, and I really just was you know motivating and exciting. So you get requested, and I'm going. This is. I'm not going to be a 50 year old guy standing up in front of you know 25 year olds and, and doing you know playing the current music. This this has got a lifespan. This is going to end in some period of time. All while doing that, though, I, I've always had a passion for 
construction and building. That was my first job out of high school was I worked for a, I learned construction. My dad was that, that guy who said that you're going to learn trades. Some, you know, some aspect of your life, you got to learn a trade. And at 16, I, I started building houses in, in the summer. And I did that for a lot of years, man. And I loved it. And it was just, you walk away and it was one of the jobs that you could walk away from and you could actually see what you did from the day. Walk away from real estate, walk away from being an attorney. You look around and go, what did I do? I opened the door, I closed the door. Like, I, what, did I, what did I physically do? So that was just something that was just visually stimulating to go, I created that with, you know, my own skill. And I've, I've, I learned a lot of skills from that. And now, you know, fast forward to my dad owning a title company, being a realtor, as I said, one of his partners took to real ill and I was in finance and it, this was right around the time of the, the market kind of going sideways. And my dad had asked, or I saw the need for, for kind of, oh boy, he's going to need help in this. And I literally just started to, you know, aid in some, you know, helping hands with the, the title company. And I never left there. Like it, I got caught in the title company trap, but once you get in it, you're in it. Cause you know, again, it's a, it's a business that nobody really knows about, but the industry needs it. So I kind of developed through there and watched this evolve to looking around going, man, I, I really don't like this. This is not, this is not moving fast enough for me. This is as boring and mundane as it gets. And as I got a little bit more control in the company. And as I started to grow and learn more about it, I wanted to make it my own and, and add a facet of, you know, fun to it. If you can use that word, I started watching the short sale market happen. I started watching foreclosures happen. I started watching everything that happened in 2007 and eight. And we were, you know, working with these clients that I had developed and, and building these relationships. And it wasn't your typical new construction, which we did, you know, many years prior. It was all this new stuff. And then I started lending money to these guys to allow them to do these projects and these flips and these, and these short sales and such. And I, so I opened up a company as a hard money lender and I lent, you know, lots of money to these guys at ridiculous interest rates so they could do their projects. And I said, wow, this is, this is America right here. This is talk about capitalization and I'm charging these guys 18 to 20% interest and they're happy because they're able to, you know, to make a couple bucks and facilitate their project. So continue to fast forwarding. I wanted to get out from underneath my dad's umbrella and, and I started my own title company. And with that, I was doing a lot of remodeling and rehab myself and I put a team together to do that. So I started the development company. So now I own a title company and a development company, and I was still doing the hard money lending. So all of these three things kind of morphed into what is, you know, inspired title right now, inspired development. So it's inspired business is really the umbrella, which is all three of those companies that kind of morphed into something that I wanted to create that had a lot of similarities between each other and said that this makes sense. It's like kind of, I can do this all together and collectively. So Drew, let's pause right there and unpack some of that, right? Like that is, that's a lot to manage yeah. and it's a lot to put together. And of course it didn't happen overnight, right? So fast forward no. to today, obviously you survived 2007, eight, nine, right? You made it, you're still here today. You're right. still doing development. Uh, you're still yeah. lending money. You're still doing title. 
how is everything working today and how do you manage all of this? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I, a lot of, I hire people and I look to work with people that are, that align with me that, you know, I don't, I don't call people clients as much as I call them friends. I want to get beyond that scope of, you know, we're just going to do a business transaction together and I'm really never going to talk to you and see you and, and deal with you. It, for me, it's a lot more important to, to have a little bit more of a relationship with the people that we're working with, as well as the people that I hire. I've gone through a lot of different hiring and firing of people because they don't fit my culture that I'm trying to create. And that culture is very, very unique to me in my personality, in my vision of what all of this looks like. So I spent a lot of time putting the right people in place and then mentoring them to where they are within the companies right now to being able to step back and watch them do what they do from the leadership and still kind of, you know, touch their lives a little bit as needed or, you know, challenge them and encourage them to grow into a different aspect of the business. And oddly and interestingly and excitingly, new opportunities have presented themselves from these deeper relationships and these deeper conversations and these these wonderful friendships that, you know, are also customers and clients because there's a trust now. There's a there's a different level of working than I'm gonna go to the office and I'm gonna, you know, close a couple of deals today and, you know, I'm gonna see that attorney or that realtor and it's whatever. But it it's not. It's like I'm looking forward to that deal because I have a relationship. I know it's going to impact them in a, in a positive way. I have a, an interest in what they're doing and their growth, and we're part of that. So that's really my my direction and my speak in the office every day is, is positivity to a fault. Like, I'm encouraging these guys, and I'm driving these guys hard with, I, I've been told that, like, I throw 25 tasks at you, and that's how I learn what your capabilities are. Now that's fine that if you can only do five of them, I know what your ability is. I'm gonna now learn from that and I'm gonna go ahead and, and give you those five tasks. But if you could do all 25, I'm gonna throw 30 and I wanna find out where you're max or where you just go, Drew, knock it off. Like, I can't do this anymore. What is your breaking point? That learns for me and it also shows them what their ability is because I'm continuing to challenge them. I'm not just going, here's your job. That's all you do. Keep pushing the envelope. Drew, how many people are on your total team for all those entities? So title company seven, development company three, and the investment company five. So 12, 15. Okay. And how much time are you spending at each if you had to break it in percentages on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, however you look at it? Sure. The three, based on the three companies you're saying? Yeah. Sure. Sure. That is a, that is a moving target based on what's happening in the, in the market. Yeah. Which fire sure. you're putting out? Absolutely. Totally that. It's, you know, that I have an intention in the morning of where I want to be, but that doesn't always happen that way. And you know that as well. But realistically, last year, I would say that there was a, a heavier push to the development side because the market was so good. The title company, you know, it kind of it kind of existed on its own because of just the market again ran it. There was there was enough refi business, there was enough things that just took place. So that literally I could have left it in its entirety alone based on who, you know, the leadership team was that I put in place. They couldn't have done it all without me. So I think it is a moving target and I really look at it in a perspective of where this week, 
can I do make the most impact? Where am I going to be most impactful this week for those different businesses? It could be in a growth challenge. It could be in a sustainability challenge. It could be in a, oh boy, we got to, you know, we got to cut back here because we've got issues with, you know, this marketplace, you know, the industry needs that we got to, you know, lay some people off or, and knock on wood, I have not done that in my tenure as a, as a business owner, had to lay anybody off. And I'm, I'm proud of that because there's enough opportunities I can move people around and shift them. So there's a little bit of overlap. I have not answered your question yet, but I would I would say that I am probably 30, 30% into the development company, 30 to 40, because right now that needs my attention and time growing because of just the challenges that are out there in that market with the contractors and, and the, the ridiculousness that that has presented. The investment company is very minimal, you know, probably 10. And, and I would say that 50% of the title company. So 40, 10, 50. How many new developments are you doing a year? So 23, I have a goal to project out doing 10 to 15. Okay. Is, is what we do. Those range from, I have some partnerships in the city that we're doing some, some bigger rehab projects as well as some new construction. And that, that number has substantially decreased this year. But I, I usually target for, for 10 to 15 a year is, is kind of my, my wheelhouse. And for your title business, what areas do you serve? We, we are there again, that has presented just opportunities that are, are, you know, really, really never even imagined. And I'm proud of and excited to, to share. But the, the title company, we're licensed in both Illinois and Indiana. Okay. We just got the ability to go nationwide where we can close deals across country. So that was amazing. Congrats. Year. Thank you. That was our end of the year push for 22. And that was our big announcement we rolled out in 23 is that, you know, we can now service a lot of our, our friends in Frost, you know, the grade 48. And uh, a lot of the lenders, a lot of the different folks are, are licensed in a lot of different states. And I, I started to notice that that was a, a need. And, a, and, and again, that's just being in touch with your industry and being in, you know, trying to stay ahead of that next guy because, you know, the competitors... They're not necessarily your friends. I mean, you know, in a, in a room, they're going to try to knock you out. So I want to be ahead of them to just, you know, it, what that's the biggest question that I got as a title guy when I started doing this is, you know, what sets you apart from everybody else? I could never answer that question. And it pissed me off. Like I was so aggravated because I'm Drew Up different. Like I, I don't do anything the same as anybody else. I march my own drum. I do my own stuff. So that was so upsetting that I had to answer that question. I don't walk into networking events and go, hi, I'm the title guy. Like, nobody cares. Nobody, it's not sexy. It's not at all. So how do you answer that question today? So now today, I, I'm happy to answer that question with, you know, we're able to do deals across, you know, the grade 48 across the country. Our, my primary focus, my vision for this company has, has been breathed into my team. So now that they're speaking it. But the other thing that sets us apart, Ray, is really that we are so community driven. We give back so frequent, it's not even funny. My goal for this year for the team was to do 24 charitable events in 2023. Now that can be, you know, we are ready as every closing that we do, a portion of those proceeds go to a, a charitable organization that the buyers pick. So we hand them a sheet at the end of the closing and say, hey, congratulations. As part of you know, our ongoing giving to charity, we we give part of these proceeds to one of these charities. We'd ask that you guys pick it, and you know, 
at the end of the month, we kind of look at them all and say, okay, well, this charity was the winning charity for the month. And we go out and give them the, you know, the, the check and, and it's just an amazing thing. And I've been told by all my underwriters that nobody's doing that. That that's amazing. And I went, this is stupid that nobody's doing that. This is dumb. And and I love it. So I want to, I, my goal tying it all back together, right, is to do a Habitat for Humanity where I tie into my building love, my giving love, and we fund a, an entire project, Inspired funds an entire project for Habitat for Humanity. That's awesome. I love that. I think that's amazing. It seems easy, but it's just, it's really something meaningful to me. And, and my team has bought into, they're, they're drinking the Drew Kool-Aid and they're loving my drive for this and excitement for this. And I think it's starting to get a little traction. So that's really what's different is the ability to be doing, you know, closings across the, the country and this charitable piece that is, it's bigger than me. I don't, you know, we all need to make a couple dollars to, to live and stuff, right? But it's not about me. It's just about something bigger for me. And it always has. Drew, switching gears a little bit, what are some things that you can share with everybody listening here about title that are maybe not understood or there's misinformation out there? Like, give me two or three things that you'd like to share that you think are important that people understand or know about the title process and, you know, that kind of stuff within real estate. Yeah, yeah. The One of the bigger things that I, I talk about is, is it's an insurance that is unlike any other insurance. You know, you pay for, you know, auto insurance and you pay for health insurance and, you know, that protects you kind of, you know, now going forward, all right? Title insurance protects you from now, everything that happened behind you. So every, when you own a piece of land, the, the title company is ensuring that, yep, your rightful ownership is correct based on everything that's happened in the past. I don't care what happens going forward. You're you're covered and you are rightfully the owner of that property from everything going, you know, going behind you. So it's and it's not a premium that you're gonna pay every month. It's not something that, you know, it's a one-time pay that is such a small percentage of what the purchase price is for the value of protection that you get. And and you know, to to kind of attach to that. The, the problems that can happen are not inexpensive. The issues that can happen without it are not little. You know, you've got, you've got liens, you know, mechanics liens from builders and or, you know, construction folks. You've got tax liens, IRS liens. You've got fraud. You've got, you know, people that are, are, are uh, coming out of the woodwork and saying, well, wait, you know, my dad died, but they left me out as an heir. You know, I I own that property too. I have a third ownership of that because I have two other siblings, and you know they never contacted me when you know they they sold this property. So I have a third ownership in your property. Oh, what does that mean? So we're protecting you guys from the problems that could happen that do happen in this in this industry. The other thing that's out there that people just you know kind of get misunderstood or, or, or misled is you know you don't really need it and. I don't know an attorney that would would talk against it to say, you know, don't worry about it. But there's enough enough, you know, social stuff out there. There's a, there's there's different advertisements saying, do you really need to do this, and, et cetera. And I, I tell you that the answer to that question is very simply yes for the for the cost that you are incurring for it and the protection that you're getting. I mean, it it, it covers everything, even down to you know, if your driveway is is encroaching on the on the property next door 
and you, you know, you were friendly when you guys moved in, but now that, that they sold the house and now you've got somebody who's, you know, old and crotchety and says, no, I'm going to bust up your driveway. Well, that, that's an issue because it's encroaching on their space. This is all stuff that's insured to, you know, protecting you guys. It doesn't, it's not homeowner's insurance. It doesn't protect you for your, your content about your house and stuff. It protects the ownership of that house and the, the landed property that is, that it is on. It does not protect the contents inside. It doesn't, you know, if you have a fire and things, your, your title insurance is not going to do that. It's saying if somebody comes in and says, hey, I have a deed to your house and, you know, I, I, I'm the owner, you're not. Or I bought your house in a tax sale. You know, uh-oh, you know, we do all that history and that fact work behind the scenes to verifying that every transaction that has happened since the beginning of time has been done correctly to ensure that you are the rightful owner of the house that you live, you guys live in. So that brings up an interesting question, I guess, then in one of the, that's one of the anecdotes that you mentioned, right? Where neighbors are friendly, neighbor moves, house gets sold, driveways encroaching. And, you know, the neighbor's like, hey, you need to fix this. What happens, right? If I've lived in that house for five years, do I go back to the original title company and say, hey, here's what's going on and file a claim or something? Or how does that work? Yeah. So a lot of, you know, a, 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 a big example of this is we'll see people that will build like a garage or a deck in, and they, they build it over the public utility easement, right? So now all of a sudden they got this big deck and it's, you know, they went ahead and put it on the easement because, oh, look, that, that extra 10 or 15 feet behind my house, it's all mine anyway. They put the fence out there, everything. Now ComEd comes through there, blows that all up. And you go, you call ComEd, ComEd goes, no, 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 you're in our space. And so then the, 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 the kind of caveat to this is the title company is not going to insure against loss if you're violating something, meaning like on that easement, you, you know, you're, you're on, you're on that easement. It's a problem. So, you know, we're not going to ensure the fact that comment comes in there, blast it out. It's a removable object. If it's not a removable object, if it's not something that's simply solved, such as your house, the driveway, these are bigger things. Like I've, we've seen where a garage is now approaching on the easement as well as maybe the, the neighbor's property, but it's minuscule. But again, it, you know, we, we live in a we live in an area that what's mine is mine, and I want all of mine. It, but if, if it's on the easement and, and comment now comes through and knocks down your garage, yeah, you file a claim with your your title insurance company against that policy. That hey, you know, they did damage to this, you know, because you guys insured that it's been there for a long period of time, nothing's happened. You took the risk that this was not going to become a problem, and now I have a you know, ten thousand dollar garage that just got knocked down because you know. ComEd went ahead and, and hit it with their truck and said, you guys are in our space. So it's a claim to the policy, which, you know, they would, they would pay out for, for that, uh, you know, that claim. Um, what is the typical length of that policy? Is it total ownership of the house or is it a variable? Yeah. So, so as long as you own the house, that policy is in fact. So, you know, you buy this house today, you own it till the day that you sell it and you can't transfer it to me. It doesn't, you know, it, it's not a transferable piece. It, you own it while you have it. And the minute you sell it, it's it's a new insurance policy for that individual that you are selling it to with, you know, very similar language in it, very similar exceptions and instances, because again, you know, we, we do the backstory of it and find out, you know, the realities behind the scenes. So just like any other policy, you, you know, you can't, you know, I can't take my life insurance policy and pass it to you. I can't take my health, my auto policy and pass it. 
it ends when when the ownership of that property ends. It's you know it's not assignable and it's not something that you're going to take on. Now a lot of these guys, these investors, you know, they buy these <clears throat> these short sales or these tax sales, and they get them from you know the the tax deed. So they're t- they're getting a quick claim deed, which is the least protective deed in in the world. So like I can quick claim deed, I can quick claim you the Brooklyn Bridge today. But you, what do you own? Nothing. Because a quick claim deed literally says, whatever I own, you own. Well, if I don't own the Brooklyn Bridge, you don't either. So I didn't give you anything. And and, and where the tax deed here, the tax deed is saying that, okay, we're going to give you the ownership of this property per the tax deed. If you don't get that insured and, then, and there was an issue in the tax sale, it didn't get completed correctly or they found a flaw, what you have is nothing. Well, and how does that work in a redemption state, though? So, for instance, Illinois being you know, a redemption state, it doesn't go to sale until there's until the redemption period has exceeded, and then they then it goes to sale, and then after it goes to sale is when you got the opportunity to a to tax buyer comes in, sure. and you can still redeem it even though a tax buyer bought it because that's why a tax buyer would buy them because they're going to get interest on that money, yep. so you're going to pay them eighteen percent to rebuy the taxes back. Now you own it again, right? But if you don't do anything because you can't pay your mortgage, you can't pay your taxes, that thing goes to tax sale, somebody else can buy it. And then after a period of two years, they can get a tax deed on it to own the property. And that whole tax sale and tax deed process has to be done correctly without flaw to making sure that that actual deed that was executed is is proper in form and is done correctly so that the now tax buyer is the rightful owner of the home. Even though I own that home and I defaulted on my taxes, I didn't pay, I didn't do anything, and I did made no effort to redeem them, you come in and you buy it, two years later you get a tax deed, now you own my property, I can't come back and open up the door and say I live here. I, I did, but I don't, and you have a deed that shows it. Then it becomes the, now you go ahead and sell it to you know, somebody else, right? That sale now gets insured, by title insurance. However, that first one, when you acquired it, didn't. So somebody comes in now and it intervenes and says, well, wait, we don't think the tax deed was done right. So really that transfer to you, end buyer, was not good. So we have a problem. Title insurance will cover, but this guy didn't have any protection. He's on his own. He is now, he's out all of this cost, all of this expense, all of everything, because he, he didn't get that transaction insured to verify the tax deed was done correctly and the, and the transaction and the and the transfer of title was done properly. Got it. These are the things we protect you on is, and, and this is commonplace today. Like this wasn't something you and I ever dealt with probably, you know, 10 years ago. The, the ever since six and seven, eight, like the, the tax sales, the short sales and and the foreclosures have been just common, common, conversation in our industry. Remember when somebody would talk about a foreclosure and you go, what's wrong with that person? What, you know, they're a bad person. You start to think a certain way. Now it's, you know, the market crashed, things are tough. You have a, you have a different, you know, empathy for what maybe went on. So it's okay. But sure, again, getting, getting the, you know, real estate professionals involved sooner than later is my preach, man. Like call your realtor up, call your attorneys up, call your, your lenders up and Talk to them and say, I'm, I'm struggling. Don't let it just go because there, there, there are processes that can be, you know, utilized to helping people in these desperate times, you know, 
you you can do a forbearance on the loan. Maybe they can modify it and put the payments to the end. Like there's so many different opportunities that are out there. And thankfully we've got a network that we work with where we are one stop, where I've got many attorneys that do this every day. I've got lenders that talk about these different workout programs that we can you know direct them to. So again, I want to be able to, to help out as many people as we can that, that kind of present any kind of issues before they just let it go. Drew, all this has been amazing stuff. Where can people find you, first of all, if they want to get in touch, use Inspired Title, build a house, or need some cash to make an investment? I am. We have an office at Palos Heights, Illinois. We are at 11757 Southwest Highway. I have an office in Indiana. We have an office in St. John, Indiana. We are taking out some office space in Crown Point as well. We're working on office space up in the the northern burbs in, in your neck of the woods. Not that far north, because holy cow, that's where God lost the shoe. But we are we are getting up into the Bowling Meadows and Hoffman area. We have some some really good relationships there. The other thing is we're so flexible. You know, we we're, we move around. Like we, I don't need an office space. My team will just go wherever to close and, and facilitate a transaction. That's being being the smaller guy. We're able to do that. So people can get a hold of me with my email, which is Drew D R U at Inspire hyphen Title dot com. Phone number seven zero eight five nine eight five zero eight four. That's the hotline to a good time. So we're happy to kind of help you out with you know any kind of real estate need and questions. And, you know, just if you, if you have a charity that you want to get involved with us, I mean, we, we invite all of our clients and friends to, you know, when we do an event, we blast it out and say, Hey, we're, we're going to go get blood. We're going to go do this walk. You want to participate with us. It's amazing how many people jump on that. I never would have imagined that people would be like, yeah, you know what? I, I want to do this because it, it's a good thing. Great. Love it. I love it, Drew. I love what you're doing, man. Yeah. Thanks for sharing today. And guys, You'll find links to Drew's websites for all of his different entities down in the links below. Thanks for listening today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Agent Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by You Sell It, the number one do-it-yourself real estate photo app for incredible professional results. guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one.